Welcome to the WSU Alumni Podcast, where we interview legendary alumni of the station's past. Make sure to listen to our friends at the Pirate's Eye Podcast, where they interview Seton Hall alumni from all walks of life. Available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening today, and enjoy the episode. All right. Uh, hi, Christina. How are you doing hey. today? I'm good. How are you doing? Happy to uh, be here. I'm, I'm doing swell. Uh, thank you for, for joining me today. Uh, excited to get to talk to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've been a fan for a long time. I used to watch really? you on, on Fox 5. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Growing up uh, before school every day. So Yeah, yeah. Crazy, right? Mm. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll start from the beginning. Sure. Uh, so why... Why Seton Hall? Why would, did you choose to come to uh, the school? You know, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting thing because when I was applying to colleges, um, I knew for a fact that I wanted to go away someplace. Like I wasn't going to go to like a St. John's or a Wagner where I was commuting to and from because I lived in Brooklyn at the time. So I was looking at different places and, you know, we went to Seton Hall. My mom at the time was like, well, they have a good basketball team. So let's go look at Seton Hall. Okay. So we did. And um, she was very impressed by, you know, the whole, um, you know, I don't know what it's called when you go there and you're just like kind of like checking it out. She was like super impressed and it just... It, it worked out because it was like far enough away from home where it was like you had the illusion of being away, but close enough where, you know, you could still go home on the weekends if you wanted, but still far enough where like mom couldn't just show up at, you know, unannounced. You know it, what I mean? It's funny because when I came here with my mom, I'm from uh-huh. Island. Yeah. She said basically the same exact thing. She was like, yep. oh, this is great. I could you know, if you want to, you could come home on the weekend. And I was like, right. there, there might, there might, I was like, mom, there might not be a chance. I might be coming home on the weekend. So, right. Uh, exactly. Right. I didn't want to, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, sure. <laughs> um, scene hall was, you know, like kind of, I know this sounds so dumb, but you know, when things are, people say, oh, things were meant to be, or like the universe made this happen. I feel like that is really what happened with Seton hall with me. Even, even the story of me getting my roommate coming to Seton hall, we walked into orientation and the way they, I don't know if they did this when you went to orientation, but for me, you know, you kind of walked in and, you know, you were there for the weekend just to kind of, I don't know, do the orientation stuff. And the person that your roommate was for that weekend was like kind of the person who signed in in front of you. So it was kind of just like a timing thing. And I ended up rooming with my, with my now best friend, Jeanette. (laughs) We ended up rooming all four years in college. It was like, it was so meant to be the whole the whole scenario around Seton Hall even like with the station it was just you know I didn't know anything about metal music or you know the genre at all like I walked in there and was legit the outcast like I did not fit in with anyone there I didn't go in having any friends at the station um but the cool thing about that is that it, it didn't matter because some of some of my some of my really close friends who I'm still friends with now are people that I was on SOU with. So it was a very, you know, awesome scenario, the whole, the whole situation. So you come in to Seton Hall, um, mm-hmm. you know, and what were you, were you, was your goal? Like, what were you going to school for? What was your, you know, end goal? Did you know yet or? Nope. <laughs> I went in undetermined. What is it uh, with like no major? I went in just kind of 
with a communication thing. I think I signed up for communication. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no intention of being in news. <laughs> that was like the last thing on my mind, you know? So, um, yeah, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I kind of just went in a little bit generic and this is, this is just where it took me. It's, it's been, it's been wild. I, I really had no clue. So. <laughs> so, so tell me how you got your start at WSOU. Did you see it at like one of the fairs here? What, how mm -hmm. was that? Mm -hmm. So at that, at that weekend that, that I, well, it was before I had been accepted to Seton Hall. So it was when I went with my mom to just visit the school. SOU had a table like in the lunch area or something where, you know, there was just like all the different, you know, there were some like Greek life there. There was SOU, there was like the sports um, tables and stuff like that. And even my mom was like, oh, look, they have a radio station. And I was just like, okay, I didn't really know anything about it. Um, and, you know, the people that I was friends with in the beginning of my freshman year, like my friend Jeanette, who I ended up rooming with, she went and pledged a sorority. All my friends went and pledged fraternities, sororities. SOU was my group. So I went in and I'll never forget. So you walk in for the interview at SOU. Again, I don't know if they still do it like this, right? So I walk in, I know nothing about the music. I think I was wearing like a pink crop top and shorts. Like I just walked in, not even looking the part. And I, they sat, it was in, you know, the conference room in, in, the, in the station. And there's like all the station managers and me. And they're all looking at me like, what are you doing here? Like, what, why do you want to be here? And I was just like, I really didn't know what to say because I really didn't know. They were asking me about bands. And I was like, I don't know, man, I like Incubus. You know, I was like saying things like that. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know why I got on the station. I don't know why they allowed me on. I passed the test, I guess. And I'm like so happy that they did. They like gave me a shot. Yeah, I really don't know. I don't know what made me do it. I just was like, okay, I really didn't want to do the Greek life thing, but I wanted to do something. And uh, that was that. I'm so glad that I tried, you know, <laughs> it just I, worked out. <laughs> I definitely think that like WSOU becomes your own like frat or sorority. It's, it is. We, I mean, geez, you know, and you know what it's bad. Honestly, uh, listen, I'm, I'm not going to badmouth anything, anything, but um, you're right. So I had my group. We went to concerts. We did, you know, everything together. It, you know, I don't even know if I should say this, you know, it, it came, it came a point. I feel like by like my sophomore, junior year, it came a point where it was like, oh, it's raining outside. I'm just going to the station. I'm not going to class. It's snowing. Oh, I can't walk across campus. I'm just going to go to the station. You know, it, it did become like kind of like a family to me. Yeah, it, it definitely, it still is like that. I mean, we, there are yes. nights where we'll, we'll sleep, you know, in the, in the mm -hmm. conference room on the couches yep. or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we're pulling all nighters and oh, hanging yeah. out with the DJs. So it, amazing. It, it's such a, it's such a good time. And uh, I wanted to talk about, um, so you know, you're working at WSU at the time. Uh, mm -hmm. how, how do you, how do you get into news there? Did, did you, you know, you move up to do news and did you right. kind of just fall in love with it? No, um, I hated it. So I, it was, it was a means to an end because at that point I just wanted to be a DJ on the air. I knew at that point, um, I could, you know, fake it till I make, made it on the air. Like I really didn't know too much, but you know, you learn about the bands and stuff like that. And, um, no, I had no, I had no desire to do news. I hated it. I didn't, <laughs> I was the news person for, um, she, on the air, she went as Lilith. Okay. Um, sweet girl, but, uh, we had, and she did a morning show and I, 
I remember one time I was, it was like some like political thing and I didn't know how to say the guy's name and I was on air like totally botching it and she was just like she went on the air she went is it just just keep going just move on I was like perfect it was like horrible and um the my very first news shift you know traffic is part of the news thing and I <laughs> embarrassingly mispronounced a name considering that I live in New York. So I said Houston Street instead of Houston off of the FDR. And my mom called and got the phone up at the time and was like, can you please tell her that I'm embarrassed to hear her say Houston? Yeah, it, it was a learning curve for sure. But no, I had no desire. I couldn't get out of that fast enough. I just wanted to be on the air as a DJ and that's it. <laughs> so I did what I had to do. And, and got through, you know? <laughs> it, it's so funny because when I started doing news, my mom would listen to me. And then, mm. you know, she's from Long Island. She would yeah. make fun of my accent. Oh, yeah. She'd, she'd be like, wait, why are you, you don't have your accent anymore. I'm like, mom, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Right. She's like, because uh, she says awkward and, you know. Right, right. It's, it, it's just the local, it's the local accent. We yeah. all have it. And when you're a professional, the microphone turns on and you know how to turn it off. It's, it just, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So she would be calling me up and texting me. She'd be like, you pronounce this wrong. You pronounce this wrong. I'm like, mom, mm, calm down. I got, got this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so what, what are some of your, your favorite memories for, from being at the station? Hmm. I have, I have so many of them. I mean, I would say, okay. So one of the first boat shows I went to was, was interesting. I, I don't know if you guys still do boat shows. I don't think so. No. Okay. So they would be off of like these, like off of New York water. What are these ferries that kind of go around the Statue of Liberty? And we would have these bands on there and um, have some pretty wild pictures from these things. So the boat shows were always pretty cool because man, you're, you're circling Manhattan and you're, you're listening to, you know, whatever band we had at the time. And even like the Christmas shows, like we had um, a holiday show, we had a holiday show where there was like some crazy stuff going on on stage. And it was like the first time, because I had like a fear of going on stage. It was the first time I ever went on stage to like intro a band. And I made like one of my friends come up with me because I was afraid, I don't know, I was going to mispronounce the band name or I was going to say the wrong band. Like I had such a phobia, you know? So I have, I have really good experiences um, from the station with just going to concerts that I would have never gone to. Like I would have never gone to see Pantera or Typo Negative or Lacuna Coil or like E-Town Concrete. I mean, the first, the first E-Town Concrete show I went to, I was like a deer in headlights. Like I didn't know what to do. I was so glad I was off on the side, you know, Kill Switch Engage, these shows, they get, they get crazy. Um, but I'm so happy that I had those experiences because, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would ever like be standing next to a mosh pit now. It, at this point in my life at 40, no, thank you. You know, I'm like, I'm good on the, on the balcony. I would say, you, you know, it's so hard to pinpoint one specific thing because I just feel like the whole, my whole four years on the station, you know, as a whole was such a great experience. Just being able to be on the air. We would get jail mail. Do you guys still get jail mail from Rahway State Penitentiary? Sometimes, I still yes. have, I still have those letters. Like it was, it's not something that like I hold near and dear to my heart. No, but it's just like a fun memory that I would get this one guy, it was crazy. He would draw picture, pictures of himself or his jail cellmate or something. And he would, in the notes, request songs to me. 
um, that, that he wanted to hear, you know, when I was on, because I think at that time I was on Wednesday nights or something like that. And um, every week I would get letters saying, hey, on Wednesday, can you please shout out whatever block, uh, you know, and play these five songs or whatever. And uh, we would also, we would also get collect calls from jail. And it would, and you'd pick up hey, so you, you have a collect call from, can you please play blah, 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 shout it out to da, 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 da. Okay. It, it's wild, the stuff that would go on, especially in the nighttime shifts. <laughs> now, you were assistant music director at, was. at WSOU. So, um... Which is another thing that was just so crazy because, you know, I, I, was, I was very good friends with the guy who got picked to be the music director that semester. So let's just start it off that way. <laughs> So from from there, um, you know, did that did that prepare you for you know life outside of WSO year? Was that just like a you know a fun thing that you did? Um, okay, so if you're speaking specifically about what I do now, no, because what what prepared me most for what I'm doing now in my career was actually being on air, um, mastering the one way conversation, or just just being able to you know not have a panic attack every time the microphone turns on, you know. Um, the music, the assistant music director thing, I feel like was more of a fun experience for me because it got me involved with something that was other than being on air, kind of gave me a little bit of background on how like the back workings of, of things work. I'm so happy that I got that experience. It was, it was very fun, but no, what, what gave me the most experience, obviously for what I do now is just having the opportunity to kind of like get my feet wet on the microphone, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you talked about that, you know, that one way conversation. And uh, yeah. I, I still find it that a lot of people have, have trouble with that at the, yes. at the station. Um, mm. <laughs> what, what would a, a tip be to, you know, to students here now, uh, uh, like, a, like a little tip to help mm. them master that? Don't, don't go on the air and wing it. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you're going you're gonna to sound like you don't know what you're doing. If it helps you, write bullet points on a piece of paper in front of you, and before you go on the air, listen. You, you have a you have a five minute song before you go on the before you go on the air, right? Write down your bullet points and practice once or twice what you're gonna say, and just go on the air and say it. And if it kind of goes in a different direction, that's fine. But at least have notes in front of you so you have a roadmap to your destination to the next break or the next song. Because I feel like if you just go on and go ah whatever. You start doing this thing where you're just talking and talking and talking and you don't know where you're going and then you lose your train of thought and then all of a sudden it's like, you don't know how to end it, <laughs> you know? So, you know, you go on after WSOU and then yep. you start, you know, working in radio and, and working yep. in news. So what was the first job yep. that you, you had after graduation? Okay, so after graduation, and it's, and it's funny because this actually all led to me getting my job now, where I am now. So I got a job at, after graduation, it didn't, see, I had this, there were some people who I graduated with who were either dead set on being on a DJ on the radio or dead set on just being in the music industry in general, you know, whether it be a record label or something like that. Um, I just wanted a job, right? And I knew at that point that I would like to be in radio, but I wasn't really sure what direction I wanted to go. So I got, well, first of all, while I was still at school, I got an internship at MTV there at that point, their satellite radio department. So I had an internship there. Then I graduated and I got a job as party crew on KTU. Miserable experience for me. Story for another day. However, however, that job, I was there less than a year. 
Um, I got that job and in 2003, I was there for probably eight, like maybe eight or nine months. And through that job, I met a girl who was the board op for a nighttime DJ there who then moved on to work at Metro, which is where I work at the time. It was called Metro Networks. It didn't work out for her there. And, I, and at that point, I was desperately trying to get out of that job and they needed a full-time job with benefits. So somebody there was like, hey, why don't you interview for that? Blah, blah, blah. So I went in and interviewed for the traffic job out of a suggestion from someone who knew the girl who didn't work out and she left. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So, so I actually started at traffic. I interviewed with a, with a guy named Eric Spitz, um, who now works at CBS radio. He's like, I think he's at CBS. I mean, he does sports for, he's like the head of a sports department or runs a station for sports. I, I'm almost positive at CBS, but I'm not sure. But at the time he was the director of operations at Metro Networks, interviewed with him, hired me as an office manager, not anything on the air. Um, but it was full time. And it paid $12 an hour. Now, I lived in Brooklyn at the time. Metro was based out of Rutherford, New Jersey. So I had to cross the Barrazano Bridge, the Gothels Bridge, the New Jersey Turnpike. It was costing me more to pay my easy pass than I was getting paid. So let's just start there, okay? And, it, and, that, and, I, always, and I always like to mention that because there are a lot of people who are graduating who, if they aren't already starting 50, 60, 70 plus, they're like not interested and they don't even want to work their way from the bottom. They just want to get the, the nice job with the good pay and they don't care. Um, for me, I was just happy to be in the industry kind of at that point. And I was like, okay, this is a foot in the door. Let's see where it goes. I was still living at home at the time. So I didn't have to worry about rent, you know, but I was paying rent on my easy pass because it was ridiculous. And I mean, gas, gas was like over $4 a gallon at that point too. So it was like ridiculous. Anyway, so I got to Metro, started as an office manager. Then the guy who hired me left a couple months later, new guy came in. And he was the one that really gave me an opportunity to be on air. So my very first, my very first radio shift at Metro was on WMCA. The Billy Graham crusade came into town and they wanted traffic reports just, just specifically around the event. It wasn't, it was a, it was a, a, a short-term job. It was, just them wanting something special from us. And my boss was like, this is a perfect opportunity for you to go on air. And it was like, I think it was like in Queens or something. So that was my first opportunity on air. And I think I did okay. I don't know. Um, and then I started doing beach reports like on the weekends, you know, during the summer. And then I became the backup to the woman who was doing ESPN, Michael K show. And like my very first TV experience was on channel four on Thanksgiving because nobody else could do it. And my boss said to me, no one's going to be watching. It doesn't matter. I was horrified. It, like it, it, my mom has this stuff on tape. It's cringy. Like it hurts me to watch. Like you don't even see it. It hurts me to watch myself on air from 2004, five, six. Okay. It is horrible. Um, so that's really like, it just kind of like steamrolled from there. Like I just started as a, a deep backup to a main backup to, you know, Michael K saying, Hey, we really like Christina. Let's have her on. And, you know, super popular with the Michael K show for a while, um, which was a wild experience 
because they had me going to events with them. People would send us gifts. I mean, it was, people were asking, and listen, I'm not saying this as like a, like a boasting thing, but when we would go to events, it was me, it was, well, it was Michael K, Don LaGreca, Joey Selby at the time, who was like, kind of like their producer, kind of, uh, he did like the jingles and you know, all that stuff and me. So we would be sitting at a table and people would go to Michael, picture, autograph, you know, funny sports story. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And then they would skip Don and Joey. And then when they would come to me and I'm like, I'm just the, tra- I'm just the traveling before. I think this is crazy. Like it was a wild, wild experience. So, um, yeah, just very long story short, it just kind of like steamrolled into what I'm doing now, which is, you know, I'm full-time PM drive. I do all the iHeart stations in the afternoon, Z100, KTU, Q104 and Power 105. Um, I'm also, well, I was on New Jersey 101.5 for a while, but now I'm just the backup to their PM drive reporter. I do DHA, um, the Hawk and the Point, which are two shore stations. And I was doing Fox 5 for quite some time. Now I'm just like, kind of like in, in a very, very emergency situation. Well, I go and do Fox because I'm like done with TV. I can't stand it anymore. I never really liked doing TV. Um, radio was always my thing. Um, but yeah, I can, I'm, I'm happy to see the TV aspect of my job kind of like go with the wind. <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to ask you about that because, you know, yeah. of course, you know, there's a, there's a pretty big transition from going to radio to TV. Yes. Um, how, how was that for you? Was it, was it crazy? Yes. So, okay. So just, just to clarify, um, and this is the illusion of radio and TV, right? So where I was filling in, so, so like Inez Rosales on Fox 5, who's their main person. She's not a Fox 5 employee. She's a total traffic and weather. I heart media employee. So we're kind of like, um, even for, even for like the radio stations. So, you know, someone's listening to Z, they hear me on Z, they think I'm at the radio station. It's the illusion of radio. You know, they don't realize that I'm sitting in my spare bedroom now working from home since last March. <laughs> you know, thank God everything's internet-based now. So, so TV and radio fell under the same umbrella with my company. So it wasn't like I had a second job doing TV. It was all part of my job. Um, but, you know, TV after a while became second nature to me like radio is for me now it wasn't always like that when i first started doing tv again cringy to watch me back in the day but um like no one trained me like i remember the first the first time i walked into channel two because i was on channel two as a backup before i was on channel five the girl who i was hired there to fill in for and i had never worked in front of a green screen so this was all brand new to me um literally sat with me for 10 minutes, got annoyed that I wasn't grasping because you had two clickers. You had one clicker for one graphic, another clicker for another graphic. I didn't know like what, how to dress. Like I didn't know anything. She got annoyed with me because I wasn't really, I was having a difficult time with the two clicker thing. And she was like, you know what? I got to go. Um, email me if you have any questions. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I kind of, I'm fortunate to have started in New York and to still have a job in New York, because a lot of people don't have that experience. Now, when someone's trying to get a TV job, they want to see a reel of you doing TV in New York last week. Back then, I could have put together a reel in my bathroom and handed it in, and they'd be like, sure, we'll give her a shot. It's not like that now, (laughs) you know? So I feel very fortunate that I was able to start in New York, screw up royally in New York, and be forgiven and still have a job here. So thank God. <laughs> and 
you know, being forgiven in New York, it's not very, uh, no. it's a very rare mm -hmm. thing. Um, mm -hmm. Even, even mm -hmm. at the, uh, the station, you know, you mispronounce a band name, you got oh, five people forget it. yelling at you and oh, forget it. I don't play a request and <laughs> the whole right. world's coming and down. Know, and, and I feel, and I feel bad for, I don't, well, I'm going to say I feel bad for you guys, but like this younger generation of people coming up now with the internet, it is brutal. Like I stopped when I was doing TV, you know, the people had a lot of really horrible things to say. Um, like Twitter and is like the toilet of the internet. You know, it's, it's horrible. Everyone is so brave and will say whatever they want to say to you online. Um, when I, when I was starting or even like on the station, like we didn't really like internet wasn't really a thing back then. God, I feel so old saying that, but I remember like, we didn't have Wi-Fi on campus. Like, I remember there was like one small area of campus that you could get Wi-Fi, but it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Like we didn't, like, it wasn't like, I don't know. Like we hardly had cell phones. Like I had a flip phone that hardly worked back then. It was, geez, I'm like, as I'm saying this, it's just like upsetting me a little bit. Is there, is there anything that you miss from, you know, being at WSOU that, you know, you probably, you know, you can't do now that you're, you know, in, in the professional world. Is there <laughs> something specifically that, you know, you miss from being at the station? Yeah, man. Like I'm, I actually miss DJing music. I really do. I, I, you know, once I, again, once I got my feet wet with it and, you know, was able to talk my way through bands and started becoming familiar with bands and actually, actually really liking the music. Um, I, I miss that whole aspect of it. I miss like, you know, being involved in band, band interviews. I never really directly interviewed a band, but like just, just being there to experience or, you know, just having the, the access to go to whatever show you really wanted to go to if the tickets were available. I mean, that whole aspect, the whole music aspect of it, I miss because news, even for me now that I'm like, so in, I mean, I've been at this job now 17 years. So like, even, even though like, this is what I do and, and love and know, that aspect of it is, is still what I miss. And even still now, like the fact that I'm in news is, is mind blowing to me because I'm so like, you know, like, don't talk to me about politics. I don't know. You do, know? Do, you, do you think that there will ever be a time where you, where you go back maybe to music? Is there, is there an opportunity there for you? No, no, because the money, you know why? Cause the money's not there. The money's not there. You know, that that's another thing that people don't really understand. It's like, you know, at my job now it's a union. So we're in SAG-AFTRA, which is, which is great. Um, we have like, you know, retirement, pension, 401k, all this stuff, but the pay is, is great. And if I were to trans, if I were to say, I don't need all this, let me go get a job at a radio station and DJ, I'd be getting paid. Like I'd have to go out of market first of all, um, and get paid, go back to getting paid 12 bucks an hour. Like, it's just, that's that maybe if I won the lottery, I would consider it. Just be a nice fun. retirement gig. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> it, yeah, it could pay, you know, so for the groceries. <laughs> right, exactly. So, like, I mean, I, listen, I'm not knocking the people that do that because, you know, you really have to be passionate to make it in this industry. You really have to want to take the bad pay for a while, be, can, be willing to move out of market. So you really have to, like, want it. And that's not, that's not me discouraging people from trying. That's just me being real, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, to make the, the, the big money, you have to be, you know, part of one of the big shows or, or one of the, you know, one of these. Here's the thing, like on Q, for example, like Jim Kerr, Kenny Dashow are going to be doing those jobs until 
you know, until they're no longer on, on this earth. Like you, you get these jobs in New York, you become fabric of, you know, of the station. You don't, you don't leave. You don't leave. And if you do, you're replaced. I feel bad for your replacement because then you're, you're never gonna, you're never gonna be as good as the person you replace, you know? So. <laughs> I, I see it. Uh, I mean, when Mike Francesa left WFAN, I mean, that was, you know, huge. Right? I mean, even now, I mean, they're not, you know, getting the, the numbers that they used to. No, um, it's like, it's almost like the, the listeners feel betrayed and they're like, well, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even, even at, at Fox five, I mean, I used to watch it all, all the time and then they started switching some things around and I was like, ah, I'm not really into it anymore because I, you know, you like the people that you like. So yeah, exactly. You know, we were talking about the music. What were some mm -hmm. of your favorite bands? Oh yeah. Play at WSAU. So I became a huge fan of Kill Switch Engage, a huge fan of Typo Negative, um, Opeth. I mean, I, it's crazy to even say, but like Opeth, brilliant. I don't know if, I mean, obviously you know who Opeth is. I mean, it's amazing. To, to, to watch them live is amazing. Porcupine Tree, amazing. We still get um, the requests for them. I mean, of course you do. The songs are really good and they're catchy and they're great. You know, Lacuna Coil. I don't know if you guys still play them. Absolutely. Like, so great. Um, yeah, th those were like, those were my, those were my, you know, core ones. Kill Switch Engage, I still love still love to this day love them life of agony i went to the show a few years ago when mina came back the first time as mina okay and it was the best life of agony show i've ever seen and i've seen them a ton over the years it was almost like she was finally like comfortable and here i am and all the songs made sense once that whole thing happened <laughs> i was like oh that's what that meant <laughs> absolutely yeah, Absolutely. Life Agony, brilliant too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we play, we still play all the classics. You know, we keep mm. getting the requests. The the union guys calling us up six in the morning. Um, yeah, man. I think Duh. that's the best. You know, the best thing about working there is that you know you get that you get that caller experience and mm -hmm. um, you realize that it, it it's it's a major station and people love it and people live yeah. by it and that you're a part of something that you know actually means something. You know, I got to say something. In, in all the times I've had to like, you know, show my resume or talk about, you know, the different stations that I'm on or just, you know, just talk about my career path in general. WSOU is what people are most impressed by in the area. They don't care that I was on Michael K or that I'm on Q or, you know, they're like, wow, SOU. And I'm like, it, it's, it's shocking and it's not to me that people are so impressed by that, but it's, you know, it almost makes me feel like I'm part of something special still. And there are, there are friends who I, who I went to school with who have like this, this go big blue Seton Hall pride. And my pride comes like from, from the station. Like, yeah, I went to Seton Hall. Like I got a good education, but really what got me prepared for my future was being, was being on SRU, especially with the career path that I ended up on. So, so yeah, it is special, you know, and, and plus no one plays this music in the area. So, so you kind of have like the advantage going in because no one else is playing this music in, in the tri-state, which is crazy to me. <laughs> I, I know. And it's such a, it's such a big market. You'd think that, you know, there, there'd be more stations that, that right. did this, but. Like, we... don't tell me rock doesn't work in New York. It's just never programmed properly. You exactly. know, it's exactly. just not. <laughs> um, because, you know, you go to, you go to the shows and I mean, every single show sells out. 
Yep. You're seeing all the Every listeners there. And all the people that go to these shows, what they say is like, I found this band through WSOU. Yep. We're major, we're breaking bands and stuff like that. So yes, agreed. It, it's, it's great to work here. And you know, the experiences, I mean, I'm, I'm here 40 to 50 hours a week at, at WSOU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I basically live there and it's been the best part of my college experience. I came specifically sure. to go to this radio station and it's been, but a dream. I understand. I understand how you feel because I, I didn't go to scene hall specifically for that, but it, like I said, the universe made it happen for me. <laughs> so I'm happy about it. What would you, I'm, I'm graduating next semester. Okay. What, what piece of advice would you have, you know, for kids, you know, graduating from Seton Hall and graduating from WSOU? Hmm. It's tough. It's tough now, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of radio groups that over the past two years have um, started doing voice tracking, you know, and it's, it's becoming like the on-air aspect of radio is becoming not as, not as personal as it used to be back in the day. So is radio dead? I don't think so. I think that, um, someone graduating from SOU who wants to stay in the music industry. I actually now, I can't even believe I'd be saying this, but like, I think that you guys should consider sports, news, traffic, you know, because at my job, I'm not just on one station. I'm on eight stations and wow. Like the exposure that you get on all of like, just from being on different things across the board is amazing. And you don't, you don't pigeonhole yourself, you know? Also, something else I would say is, you know, have like, I don't, I don't know how to say this without coming across rude. Um, I don't want you to go in expecting to, to fail. Okay. I just want you to go in with a plan B in case your plan A fails. Don't be a one trick pony. Go in, be willing. Okay. Here's a perfect, a perfect story. So one of the TV stations was looking for a chopper person in PM drive. Now I get, I get motion sick in an elevator. I'm not the person to go in a helicopter. They asked me, would you audition? And I was like, I already knew that I couldn't do it, but I did. I went up and I auditioned for this stupid chopper position. And someone who knew me very well in the office was like, listen, I understand that you're doing it just because you don't want to say no. Um, So bring a bag to puke in because you're going to puke in the chopper. But he, and I'm so glad that he was so honest with me. He wasn't like, you're going to do great. He's like, you're going to puke, bring the bag. So, okay. So first of all, you go in and before the chopper even leaves the ground, you're given all the instructions in case you're crashing into a building, in case you're crashing into the water, how to unbuckle yourself. I mean, all the safety, like I already was like, get me out of here, you know? So anyway, so after we went through all of that, we were up in the air. And so I'm sitting in the front, the, the person is in the back and the pilots to my right. And it's very, being up in a chopper, I don't know if you've ever been in a helicopter. It's, it's visual, it's like visual stimulation overload because it's not like in a plane where you can only see out of a little window. It's like windows all around you. So that alone freaks you out. So then I have the camera. He's like, okay, find this landmark, find that one. I don't even know where we are. I'm like, okay. I'm like trying to find these landmarks. And all of a sudden I could feel it. We crossed over the river, the air shifted. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to puke. So it was winter time at the time. I start, I, there's like a little slide window, open the little slide window, I'm like ripping my scarf off. And in my headset, I hear the guy in the back go, 
shut your mic so they don't hear you puking in the studio because I was about to do an audition. So I shut the mic and I, and I bleh, puke, whatever. And the, the, the pilot turns around to me and goes, I guess we're going back to the health port. And I was like, yeah, I was so embarrassed because like I wasted how much gas did I just waste <laughs> for these people. But the point of that whole story is that um, I didn't want to say no because I didn't want to be the person who they would remember as, well, she had an opportunity and she said no. Now I can at least say, I said yes, and it didn't work out. So I wanted to, but you know, obviously I'm not the person for this job. So I guess that, that's a good tip. You know, be open-minded to things that you know maybe may not work for you just so that you don't get known as the person that turns stuff down, you know? And you Absolutely. Like, and in this day and age, companies want employees who could do multiple things. So, you know, right now at my job, the first half of my shifts, I'm the assistant director of operations. So I do payroll, I do union paperwork, I do, you know, I'm like kind of like staff, staff relations, stuff like that. From 2.30 to 8, I'm on the air. So I kind of have that going for me. So I do office work, I do radio, I have a TV thing on occasion. Um, I also started doing, they asked me to voice this thing called Zip Hole USA. Started off as entertainment. Now it's mostly political stuff. Someone writes the scripts for me. I I flat out told them, I was like, if it's political, I'm not the one. I'm just not it. I just, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I just, I don't want, I don't want to like out myself on air. You know what I mean? So, so someone writes the scripts for me. So I'm basically a talking head for that. But, um, you know, I was willing to do it. I was willing to give it a try. And again, it just worked. Um, So yeah, so that's my tip. Go in with a plan B, just in case, just in case plan A fails and don't be, don't be afraid to, um, you got to have thick skin, especially now with the internet, everyone has something bad about to say about you. Um, even if you are so perfect at your job, someone's going to pick you apart for how you look, how you sound, how'd you say that word? How'd you, you know, especially if you're on a local radio station, like you said, you say the band name the wrong way. You know, I, I mispronounce a local road in, you know, Monmouth County, I have people writing to me like, oh, it's, it's crazy. So you gotta have thick skin and just let, and, that, and that's hard, but you, you get it after a while, you know? Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I mean, at, at the station, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, get, get involved, you know, do news, do sports, do music, do a lot of things. Yeah. And, yeah. Cause at the end of the day, these are things that you're never going to be able to do again after you're out of here. Right. So, you know, something else, something else I like to say to, to, to students who are at SOU, I, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that now there's a lot of kids who don't even want to like go to the DJ clearance. And I think that is crazy. I think even if you're not interested in the music or if you're, you think you're going to be bad at it, do it. Because if you have any interest in being in radio professionally, now's the time where you want to go on air and suck. Get it out of your system while you're in college like learn, learn as, I mean, you guys have state-of-the-art equipment that honestly, some things you have, I don't even have. I, I heart media, total traffic and weather. Like you guys have all the tools to really learn everything, whether it be production or just on air or everything. Um, do it. it. It mean, please, I would encourage everyone to be a DJ, even if they don't want to just get on the air, learn how to talk into a microphone. You have to, right? <laughs> uh, agreed. I mean, the first, the first shift I had when I was a DJ, I was so nervous. 
They put mm-hmm. me in, they put me six in the six to 10. Like oh, the most, you had morning drive. Like the oh, most important, the most important, they're, they're telling me, they're like, this is so important. You yeah, don't even realize. Yeah. And I'm like, right. no, why are yeah. you telling me this? I'm nervous yeah. now. You know, you have to do uh-huh. the giveaways. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried about, you know, stumbling on air, but it works itself out. Yes. And, and the more you do it, you know, the better you're going to get at it. And mm-hmm. there, there are people there, you know, there are people that never wanted to DJ that I know that are great DJs now they're great mm. newscasters and they're great yep. sportscasters yeah so I think that's a great piece of advice and yeah um you know thank thanks for coming on today do you have any parting remarks of course I'm oh god parting remarks Jeez. listen um I am I I will always I will always brag about being on SOU until until the day I'm in until the day before I die I'll be like WSOU forever Okay. Like I love that I was on that station and it really is the only reason why I am doing what I'm doing now. I know that sounds cliche and stupid, but it's the truth. Like it had, I not had the experience I had at SOU, I would have never, ever even thought about getting into radio. So I would say to, to people who, who are, who are on the station, take it serious, go to as many concerts as you can. Like do all the events, go to all the shows, try to get into, you know, the management roles. This is all, this is all like real life experience. It's not like, oh, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun being on the station, but it's also like you're doing it. Like what you do on the station is what I, what I do professionally now. I mean, wow. So I will always brag about being on WSOU. Like, yeah, I went to Seton Hall. That's where I got my degree. But like, really? WSOU is like I still wear my hoodie I still have my staff jacket like I never the thing is falling apart I never got rid of it like I will that will be in my time capsule like I want it in my I want it buried with me (laughs) I feel the same exact way I feel the same exact way you know I tell people sometimes I'll be like yeah I'm a WSOU student like it just yes it's it doesn't even it doesn't even register to me that you know I totally agree and I feel that way at 40 I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so far. I graduated Seton Hall in 2003. I uh, feel like it was a different life, but it's, uh, it's something that, that is always going to be a part of me and my, you know, and just like my whole, my whole thing. It's just where I started, you know, Absolutely. take pictures. You know, there's another thing when I started there, like, you know, cameras, pictures, stuff on the internet, like really wasn't that big. And I, and I'm sad that I don't have more photo evidence of things that like I experienced there. So like documents, everything, geez, it is, I should, I should have had pictures. I got to email you some pictures that I do have crazy. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love, we'd love to see them. Uh, We love hearing from our, from our alumni. Oh yeah, Um, for sure. It's always great to sit down and talk. Um, Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. I hope that I gave you enough. Such a great conversation. (laughs) Thank you. you. (laughs) You're such, you, you know, you're such a New York character. Oh yeah, and and as soon as I saw that you signed up for this, I was like, I have to, I have to interview her. It's like there's yeah, no man. way that I'm not doing this uh, one. Uh, uh, hey, listen, I'm, I'm I'm happy, I'm happy that I got to do this with you. So thank you. Thank you for coming on, and it's been a great episode. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the WSU Alumni Podcast. Make sure to listen to all of our old episodes and stay tuned for new ones. Also, make sure to check out the Pirates Eye Podcast, where they interview Seton Hall alumni from all walks of life. You could hear that on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts.